Maybe that person, uh, maybe they quit there and they got a job in Phoenix. <laughs> Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. This is the David Allen Show, uh, July 28, 2019, and I just wanted to mark the moment. Let's have a moment here. Uh, David is with us. Uh, uh, thank you, but uh, first of all, Woo! I need to make an announcement. Woo! I yes! No, I no longer identify as, as David. Uh, my name is Chuck. I'm a retired Vietnam veteran. So we got to rebrand the show now? Is that it? Uh, I don't care what you do. <clears throat> Did you say reformed Vietnam vet? Retired. Uh, retired. Ah. Can't reform those those people. So, in studio, live. Yeah, with us. Yes, I it's am. Amazing. I'm here. Wow. I, I lambasted you on the last uh, the last show that I did out in nature uh, from Alexandria, which Good is for way you. closer to you where you actually live. Alexandria, you are right now. At, at where? Alexandria. Alexandria, Minnesota. I was oh, in Minnesota. Yeah, and you are. I could probably have thrown a rock. That Almost. would be that yeah, would impressive, be impre- I know. that would be that would be Superman worthy. Duh. Yeah. 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 So Hi, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? We got the peanut gallery here as well, strangely enough. Yes, we do. How are you doing, Peanut Gallery? Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> peanut Gallery's in the gallery today. <laughs> how are you doing? Are you me? Oh, I'm yeah. great. Yeah, this is wonderful. Other than my AC is deciding to crap out here in the studio. Other than that, we're wonderful. I did not notice. Well, because it, luckily it rained today, so that tent had oh. lowered, lowered the temperature. Sure. Huh. Um, here's a crazy story that I read the other day. Okay. <clears throat> like Frankenstein. This from The Independent. The L- story two like days ago. Frankenstein? Oh, that's the name F- of the story. FBI agents have reportedly found buckets full of heads, oh. arms, and legs, as well as refrigerated heaps of male genitalia and different people's bodies parts sewn together while working on a case concerning illegally trafficked body parts. Arizona. Officers made the sickening discovery described as a, quote, horror story. At a science lab in Arizona, oh, okay. the Biological Resource Center in Phoenix, get this, a body donation and tissue bank facility. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, I mean, because it... Is this Hannibal Lecter? Or the guy that he... Who was that guy that was down in the dungeon, like, skinning people and wearing yeah, their Buffalo, clothes? Buffalo Bill or Buffalo whatever. Yeah, Wild Wings, what? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What, what was that? Dahmer, you say? <laughs> well, he, he he was doing some of that, but the movie it was um yeah it was uh, Hannibal Lecter, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, the FBI followed a paper trail leading to the center. Now that's funny to me. <laughs> They're wandering around. Oh look, hey. a paper! Hey, let's follow this. 
I mean, I believe this was in night in 2014 is when it went down. Ah, here's the best part. What? 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 The, the went raid. Down? The raid. So it's taken but, them five years to say, "Hey, no, we have a bucket of male taken genitalia." Them five years to release the data. It, it like the it's unsealed now. The oh. documents are unsealed. Oh. So now we all get to know about it. So I want to know all these people. You know, we'd lended grandma to this facility because she was going to donate for research. Turns out they put a man's head on her. Oh, oh, oh grandma's dead. Okay. I, I think I so. Like, yeah. This is the best part. And this makes my head go, it's not real. <laughs> the FBI followed the paper trail leading to the center run by the owner. Guess the owner's name. Um, Hannibal. Stephen Gore. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Which they said was profiting from dismembering and selling remains without the donor consent. I, part of me almost thinks this is like the Body Works exhibit, Body Worlds. Uh, what was the guy's name? Gutenberg? Is that his? Gutenheim? What was his name? Uh, let's look it up. <clears throat> so, there's... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. <laughs> Let's see. So there's Body. an actual market for this? Uh, well, this is I what mean, confuses me. Who do you sell this to? I mean, I could see maybe... Heidelberg is the guy. No, sorry, sorry, hold on. Uh, if you go to bodyworlds.com... What? Well, Heidelberg was... Oh. Isn't he the pseudonym of the main protagonist? I, 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 I can't know that in your words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, the, no, here we go. Body Worlds. I'm trying to find the guy's name. Uh, Gunther von Hagens. That's it, yes. Huh. Uh, the creative duo, curator Dr. Angelina Huali, and Plastinator, that's it. It's Plastination. <clears throat> oh. Dr. Gunther von Hagens. Uh, anyway, I, I saw that some years back in Oregon at the OMSI uh, in Portland along huh. the river. Where they have all these bodies, and they're real, they're plastinated, so they are, uh, they pump this plastic product through all, every cell, and so then you have a, an actual usable, um, pliable, uh, human body to show, and all the, like, striations of the muscles and everything is there. So they, they pour it in there, and does, uh, do the, the cells and the rest kind of rot away, and they take it away, so it's all that's left is plastic? No, all that's left is muscle. Because if you look at their... Uh, why, did, why doesn't it rot? This is a question I can't answer. Okay. But see Just that? Wondering. Like yeah. that? Yeah. The, so I'm, I'm at bodyworlds.com if you're interested. No, no, I've seen, I've seen that, yeah. but it seems I, to me that the, that uh, that there isn't any like tissue there anymore, or is there? Well, there must be some. How much is a question that this... <laughs> There we go. My computer was freaking out. Mm. Um, but you, so you see all of the stuff, and so I, I guess I don't know if it if it replaces like sure. the strand of muscle with a plastic version. The colors are similar. Uh, anyway, it's creepy. That's what I think of when huh. I think of Stephen Gore and his biological research resource center. <laughs> resource. <laughs> The lab was raided by the FBI in 2014, but the testimonies detailing what the agents found have only been just made public because of the lawsuits. Agents said the bodies oh, had been okay. dismembered with chainsaws and bandsaws. 
The lawsuit reportedly alleges pools of human blood and bodily fluids were found on the floor of the freezer. It said there were no identification tags to mark the corpses. One agent said he found a cooler filled with male genitalia, a bucket of heads, arms, and legs. Now, my question, how big is that that's bucket? That's a big bucket. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly I think right. We call it a, a, a vat, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, it, they, and it says that he saw infected heads. Okay. Okay. Now, okay, fine. Call it. But why use the the adjective infected that's a great question unless what mold rot i don't know maggots Uh, okay anyways they also described the sight of a small woman's decapitated head which had been sewn soon onto a large male torso like frankenstein and hung up on a wall the creation is reportedly referred to as a morbid joke in the lawsuit huh the going rate for a head was said to be five hundred dollars. Arms were this is odd, were seven fifty. And a whole body would fetch up to five thousand dollars. According to ABC fifteen, who cited a federal search warrant, quote, This is a horror story. It's just unbelievable. This story is unbelievable, Troy Harp, one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the facility, told TV station KMOV four. Mr. Harp had donated both his mother and grandmother to the mother to the facility in 2012 and 13 on the understanding the bodies would be used for scientific purposes. I don't know how you could say they weren't. The science is broad nowadays. Yeah. What would you do with a bucket of balls? Um, basketballs? I'd probably go out and play golf balls. I'd probably go play a lot of golf, maybe sell sell some, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so those of you listening you might have missed that and we're going to keep it that way (laughs) cancer and leukemia and whatever else using sample cells um, said Mr. Harp that's what I was told so to help research scientific hold on scientific Scientific. cancer and leukemia Uh, Speaking about what the agents found, Mr. Harp said, Who in their right mind? (laughs) It's absolutely gross. He also said the use of chainsaws and bandsaws for dismembering the bodies was, quote, not appropriate. Really? That's probably the last thing (laughs) that was appropriate about this. Sure. No, Here's my thought. The fact that he said, yep, my mom and grandma. Here you go. That seems inappropriate to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The chainsaws, you got nothing on that. <laughs> well, it just seems, it seems funny. Why would you be, What? I mean, what, you're, you're watching some TV and all of a sudden there's a commercial that comes up and- <laughs> Do you not know what to do with dead? grandma? Yeah. You know, want to save a couple thousand on funeral expenses? Um, And then, and then when, if you, you know, what are the logistics to all that? Also, wouldn't you have to sign something? Wouldn't you have to go to like some offices and if they're like in so. some van behind, you know, parked <laughs> Denny's. Yeah. And there's a guy named Chico who's having you sign this and half the words are spelled wrong. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe there should have been some you know, red flags, but I you know, who knows. It just seems like perhaps maybe the the main issue is that 
whoever was responsible for sorting these things and making sure the paperwork is done probably wasn't all that organized. <laughs> well, there are no tags on the bodies. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, and I think, you know, a bandsaw. It's did appropriate. The, did that thing ever break down? Because you I, mean, I, I would imagine. someone coming in to work on it? Well, yeah. Well, A, and then, you know, warranty issues. <laughs> Do you know what it's I mean? It's kind of gummed up on this yeah, side. Yeah, there's, yeah. I would. Um, but if you buy a, ba- it's a if it's a Bailey, it's going to last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's maybe an ad for you. <laughs> that's just. Uh, I just, well, but you hear about this sort of stuff that happens in like Louisiana or Al- Alabama that they find like 500 bodies in the back warehouse. I don't know why they the stench didn't get them. And people would take, you know, the funeral home would, rather than burying them, they would, I don't know, take the money that they were supposed, I I don't know. Or, no, I think what it was, they were supposed to cremate them, and then they wouldn't do it, and then they would charge them for it, and they'd take the bodies and throw them, you know, in the the, swamp or something. I don't understand this much. Maybe you can enlighten me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I have a lot of experience. The last paragraph on this independent story. It says, Mr. Gore pleaded guilty in 2018. What do you think he pleaded guilty to? Um, oh, probably uh, something um, uh, not disposing of a body properly or something like that. What he was it? He pleaded guilty to illegal control of an enterprise. Huh. <laughs> Which enterprise? What? Well, and then so I, of course, went and looked up enterprise. The noun... First definition on the Google, which is truth, a project or undertaking, typically one that is difficult or requires effort. All right. Yeah. This makes <laughs> sense. So what, or what, what was two, it called again? What? Uh, the the His charges? Cr- he, oh, he pleaded guilty to illegal control of an enterprise. So there's... a. So that you'd seems have to, so broad. Well, you'd have to go to the state of Arizona and find out oh, well, what the definition, to, uh, the legal yes. definition of enterprise so is. So here's the thing. Does control. that mean they have not, or well, he pleaded guilty to this. Yeah. So chances are he's being accused of much more. Um, and he was sentenced to one year of deferred jail time and four years of probation. Oh, okay. So do you think there are other, like, what would you do? Because here's my question. And I actually talked to some friends of mine the other day who, uh, She's getting into the tattoo business. Uh-huh. And the, the thought was, this is millions of dollars of art being made on these people. Okay. Can that be preserved after they die? Is it illegal? Are there moral issues? Is it wrong, uh, right, to cut off this, the back or their leg or whatever and then tan that or do something to where that you could keep that. And then that becomes art you hang in your wall. Now, it sounds horrible, but... Okay, okay. Why is it wrong? Well, you've heard of Ed Gein, right? <laughs> no. No, you didn't? He was the... Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Ed Gein. He was the... Um, well, he would, he would take... He killed <laughs> the, a few people. The eater but, of people. Was he a donner? From Psycho, the movie Psycho, he was like the uh, inspiration of the movie Psycho. Mm, I never saw that. one thing that he would do is he would dig up bodies and then take the skin and he made like a lamp shade out of human skin. So that is the guy they fashioned 
the Hannibal character after, or the, Hannibal, the, the, the or the Psycho, the yeah, the other guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so then the question is again: if you were to start doing that, um, the, that would be indicative of the direction our society has gone. You know what I mean? Well, okay, let's forget that. Yeah. Going back to the so I would like, think is tons this, of things are like, going to be legal. I'm sure pedophilia is going to be legal in the next ten years. Barring oh, something. so now you just equated tattooing to pedophilia. Good no, no, job. No, I, I equated <laughs> uh, cutting off skin and then tanning human skin to... Uh, you so know. I, I guess my point, though, is, is do you think... Is there a crime committed? If someone dies, they're dead, it's all normal. Are we required in our society to put them in the ground? Well, you don't with uh, cremation. Yeah, you, well, like, yeah, but okay, you set them on your mantle or toss them in the wind or whatever. Smoke them. Some people smoke. What? Uh, some people smoke. How some is of that not cannibalism of some sort? Charlie Manson's. Well, there ashes. you go. You know, <clears throat> so you thought it was just <laughs> you, you went to the marijuana dispensary. You thought no. Um, yeah, I you know, I don't know. Depends upon how you define it, how you define a lot of things. You know, we've come to that point where there's no such thing as a self-evident truth any longer. Mm. So since there isn't any self-evident truths, then anything goes. And and then the the big thing is, as long as it's between two consenting adults... But they're changing that. They're going to change that. You mean two consenting humans is what yeah, they change it to? Yeah, something like that. Well, but now I, I just think if they go down that road, they have to remove the barriers to driving, alcohol, cigarettes. What about cannibalism? You mean two consenting adults? Here, cut off my arm and eat it? That kind of thing? Yeah, I, I want to die and I want to be eaten. How about we have a barbecue? I'll we'll have a dance beforehand, and then you can kill me and feed the rest of me to everybody else. Why is that wrong? If you can commit suicide in, in different, uh, you know, like in Oregon, they have the assisted suicide. assisted suicide. Why not? Why not write down? I choose to be assisted by having somebody shoot me in the head and cut up my body and eat it. Why is that wrong? Do you think there would be a case if there was a signed, like, notarized document that said, I authorized this person to shoot me, and then that document was presented in court after the person shot them? I mean, are are, are we close enough? Because that, that's the concept you're thinking of, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, I, it, I give it could someone be else permission to take yeah. my life. Yep. I'm, uh, um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why Why not? I don't know why not. It's unfortunate. So here's the question. Why? Because well, what, which, Even, which African country was it that recently got nailed for secretly serving human flesh in their restaurant? I can't remember. Was it Tanzania? Uh, I don't remember where it was. Wow. But they got busted. Uganda? Uh, nope, I don't believe so. Huh. I thought Idi Amin was like. Oh, that was bad. That was way back. He's yeah. dead. I, I mean, like current within the last year or wow. two. Uh, the Vatican. 
that the, the church. that African country? The Vatican. <laughs> okay, what happened? The Vatican said Sunday that examinations of the bones, oh, yeah, and thousands of bone fragments determined that all dated from before the 20th century. The remains were found under a stone slab after the family of Emanuela Orlandi requested to have the 19th century Teutonic Cemetery tomb of a princess opened based on a tip. The Vatican Cemetery tomb, uh, the Vatican says its outside expert has rejected a family request for laboratory testing of some 70 bones from the underground cachet because they're very ancient. Emanuela, the daughter of a Vatican employee who lived in Vatican City, disappeared after a music lesson in Rome. They found a whole bunch of bones down there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have catacombs all throughout there. And then, you know, I mean, just think think of how the twisted history of the Vatican and the Catholic Church and whatnot. Uh, this from July 20, a little over a week ago, less than 10 days after, it's from the New York Times, so it's true, less than 10 days after Vatican employees said they found no evidence that the daughter of an employee who disappeared 36 years ago had been buried in a cemetery inside Vatican City, a new foray there unearthed two ossuaries Saturday that contained unidentified human bones. Whether any of them belonged to the girl, Emanuela Orlandi, who disappeared at age 15 in 1983, was not possible to say immediately. Uh, Lara Sgro, the Orlandi family lawyer, who was present during Saturday's examination, said that the two ossuaries were underground in a building adjacent to the cemetery and that they contained very many bones. Certain some are historic, older, but at first sight, it's not possible to do an accurate dating, she told reporters. Ossuaries are repositories for skeletal remains and are common throughout Europe, usually, or used mostly, when cemeteries become overcrowded in the case of Teutonic of the Teutonic Cemetery, the ossuaries were underground cavities. Well, um, couldn't they have, uh, like, how many bones? Hundreds or 50? Because if it was 50, if there was, like, uh, some pubic bones or whatever, they, a good archaeologist or, you know, or... Well, teeth. Well, but like if you, if you could see the pubic bones, you could maybe determine whether or not it was a male or oh, female age, stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, and rule out very quickly. <laughs> they found thousands of bones. Okay, never mind. <laughs> G- G- Giorgio Portera, the Orlandi family's forensic expert, who hypothesized that they belonged to dozens of persons. He said the bones had not been cataloged or kept in any orderly manner. They were, quote, piled up in a cavity. Mm. On Saturday, all the bones were gathered into 24 bags and sealed. Without quantifying the number of skeletal remains that had been found, Vatican officials said in a statement that it was not possible, quote, at the moment to predict how long it will take to complete a morphological analysis of the remains found in the ossuaries. For centuries, the Teutonic Cemetery, where the search for for Emanuela went on this month, was the final resting place for people of Germanic origin. When officials entered it on July 11 and opened two tombs identified as the possible repositories 
of Emanuela's remains, they found nothing, not even the bones of the two princesses who were supposed to have been buried there in 1836 and 1840. Seeking an explanation for the missing skeletal remains, the Vatican dug further into its records and found that renovations had been carried out in the area in the 1960s and 70s. The bones from the empty tombs may have been moved at that time. Don't you think you'd make better notes of that? Maybe that person, uh, maybe they quit there and they got a job in Phoenix. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Are you uh, telling me this is incorrect? Uh, the peanut gallery? Maybe. Snopes. Rumors that various restaurants around the world were shuttered for serving the most dangerous game uh, were fake news, supposedly. I don't trust Snopes. I don't either. I mean, hmm. they might be half right. They they should they should have a Snopes for Snopes. Hundreds of people allegedly confessed to eating human flesh given to them by one of four men facing cannibalism charges in South Africa. This was from August 22, 2017. The four accused cannibals, Nino Mabatha, Lidokulu, Masondo, Thembiso, Sithole, and 30-year-old Lungisani Mungambane. Ladasha appeared in court. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you, Peanut Gallery. We don't talk like that here. Uh, One of the suspects allegedly walked into a police station in central South African town on Friday while holding human body parts, including a leg and a hand, and confessed to being tired of eating human flesh. (laughs) Or just, you know... You could have just stopped eating and didn't have to tell anybody. I'm I'm tired of that. Maybe he needed some pork. The other white meat. Hey. Well, okay. Uh, Sorry, do you have anything? I'm just running down my list of stuff I've piled up over the last four months. I wanted to talk (laughs) about uh, kissing, dating, goodbye, but we can hit that Ah, later. Joshua Harris, is that his name? Yeah, Josh. Joshua Harris. Hmm. Well, we can hit that later. Okay, well. You're on a roll. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Willow Creek Church. Oh, yeah. Apologizes to victims and holds a reconciliation service. Uh-huh. Uh, June 20, July 25, 2019. This from Relevant Magazine. Uh, I'm irritated with most of this stuff, but every now and then they put out something that I find interesting. Hey, intriguing. two years ago, three years ago, we went to. Uh... 16? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, This week, Willow Creek Church held a, quote, reconciliation service led by its team of elders. They also posted a lengthy message online asking for forgiveness from the women who came forward and accused the church's founder and former pastor, Bill Hybels, of repeated sexually inappropriate behavior over the course of years. When the allegations were first made public last year in a series of articles in the Chicago Tribune, initially... The church defended Hybels, and some people associated the church attempted with the church attempted to discredit the victims. In their statement, they wrote the following. Oh, I better not. (laughs) 
to the women. Whoops, that's too much. To the women and their advocates. In the days and months following the March 2018 Chicago Tribune article, the church's response led to verbal and written attacks. We have heard about the impact that is that has had on you, your families, and your professional standing within the Christian community. We learned that the narrative persists in identifying you as liars and colluders, despite the apology released by the lead pastors in June 2018 and the former elders in August 18. In early 2019, the IAG report found your allegations to be credible, and we unequivocally support their findings. We believe that your allegations about Bill. We ask anyone who participated in verbal and written attacks to prayerfully examine their actions, apologize for wrongdoing, and seek to mend the relationship. They wrote that unchecked sin and intimidating behavior resulted in harm that is still felt in this present day. The church told RNS that Hybels was not invited to attend the service, but in their statement they wrote, quote, We have reached out to Bill Hybels, however, he has chosen not to engage in dialogue at this time. In the statement they added, This is our last public statement intended to directly address the events of 2018. However, we will continue to work privately with the individuals seeking renewed relationships and reconciliation. They also acknowledge that some of the church's elders and staff members were treated unfairly in the wake of the accusations that eventually led to the leadership team stepping down. Prior to the allegations being made public last year, Hybels announced his early retirement. Is this an epidemic? The the pro okay. This is this is a cultural thing that has changed everything, and you see it in the news with Mueller, the Mueller Mueller or Mueller uh, uh, hearings. Mm -hmm. One thing that was that they kept on saying is that he didn't exonerate mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But the point is, in our legal system, is you don't have to exonerate anybody. <laughs> you are innocent until proven guilty. So Bill Hybels, he's probably... I mean, I it, it wouldn't su surprise me that he did these things. It wouldn't shock me. But did they go through all the evidence? If if he did something illegal or something um, a, like a, a civil, um, <clears throat> not a criminal necessarily, but a civil uh, violation of their rights, why didn't they go to court? Why didn't they... And maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't want to do it. Maybe they didn't want to go through it. But it is. It is this sense, and it's. It's wrong, in my opinion, where you can just take mud and throw it at somebody, and because you say this other person did something to, 
to you, they are immediately suspect. Mm-hmm. They are immediately guilty until proven innocent. That is the direction our culture is going, and it's not good, and it's not right. And they'll say it's a power, it's, it's, uh, there's a power imbalance between these people and women or whatever. Regar- regardless, it's not, it's not right at all. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I hear this, them coming out, if they had, um, if they really believed this, why didn't they put their money where their mouth is and maybe um, do some kind of uh, restitution, monetary restitution? Why didn't they... Um, Who? Uh, like the, the elders at this church. You mean rather than just quitting? No, I mean uh, com- <clears throat> coming out and saying, um, uh, we believe you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That That church has been the cause of so much of what is wrong in American Christianity because it is through that church with Bill Hybel that created the seeker-sensitive movement, which is a movement that has poisoned evangelical churches because the principle of it is we are going to do whatever we can to try to make the church as comfortable for people coming in as possible. Is that different than trying to be relevant? Um, yeah, okay. totally. Um, well, first of all, when you're talking about relevance, I mean, like, if, you, if you're starting to talk about the Bible, it depends upon what you believe in the Bible. If you believe that the Bible is true and that um, it talks about truth and it is an inerrant, then it is relevant regardless of whether or not you, you think about it. But d- does, is delivery, can delivery change your methodology, the bucket you carry it in? Can oh, that of adapt? course, of course, but that's all cultural stuff. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's more what I mean when I mean relevant. Yeah, but this is seeker-sensitive, meaning we, we have to, to make, feel good. We have to make the church a place where people who aren't believers can come in and feel comfortable. Hmm. And... Uh, there's an issue with that because mm-hmm. Jesus said things that were very uncomfortable. Uh, he never chased after anybody. When the rich young ruler came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I've done all these things. And he looked at him, he said, sell everything you have. And follow me. And follow me. And he couldn't do it and he walked away. Grieved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at this church, in my opinion, this church, uh, I, I, I don't have any respect for the church they, or for Bill Heibel or any of that because they've, um, they've done everything in their power to try to... Um, some people will say that it's good. I think it's baloney because you can... All you have to do is look at the general tenure of the church the last 50 years and it's become you know it's falling further and further and further away but uh, this article <clears throat> the Chicago Tribune from February this year claims against Willow Creek's Bill Hybels of sexually inappropriate conduct are credible new report says uh, a council of christian leaders tapped to review last year's tumultuous exit 
of Bill Hybels from Willow Creek Community Church has concluded that claims of, quote, sexually inappropriate words and actions against the well-known pastor are credible and that Hybels should have faced discipline if he had not resigned. Quote, the credibility of the allegations is not based on one on any one accusation or accuser, but on the collective testimony and context of the allegations. The council report stated in its list of conclusions, according to a copy provided to the Tribune uh, by the church, this from the Chicago Tribune, the credibility of the allegations would have been sufficient for Willow Creek Community Church to initiate disciplinary action if Hybels had continued as pastor of the church. Okay. The report from the council, calling itself the Independent Advisory Group, or IAG, also concluded that Hybels, quote, verbally and emotionally intimidated both female and male employees. So, so they my might opinion, do some due process. Right, with but it. my opinion, I don't care how many big, big head monkey CEOs don't verbally abuse or emotionally intimidate their people underneath them. That yeah. happens all day long. Yeah. You go to any corporation, you're going to get that. Yeah. So for that to be included, I think is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. It's just we need to find every little shred of possible dirt. Yeah. Hybels, who founded the evangelical church based in South Barrington, could not immediately be reached for comment. The report did note that he has publicly and privately denied the credibility of the allegations. The outside panel's review delivered Thursday was announced by Willow Creek leaders that summer or last summer and was said to have been funded by an anonymous outside donor to ensure that it would be unbiased. Uh, it would be an unbiased look at what happened at one of the country's largest Christian churches. Heibel stepped down nearly 11 months ago after spending more than 40 years leading the megachurch. He resigned in the wake of a Tribune investigation that revealed allegations of misconduct with women, including church employees, that spanned decades. That's part of the issue, though, isn't it? The fact that this came out in News Story. Yeah. Because it, it is it just because maybe it's an immoral... It's not illegal. Hypocritical. It sounds like it's not illegal. Okay. It's not illegal, though. Maybe. No. Maybe none of this was illegal. Yeah. Correct. Well, yeah, it's because not illegal. Like, if I sexually harass somebody, that's not illegal. Hashtag me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that it's, it's right, mm-hmm. but that's not criminal. Mm-hmm. Because a person... So, like, if, if somebody comes in and works for me and I scream at them and call them names every single day I humiliate them every single day I demean them I demand this and that treat make their life a living hell while they're working for me it's not criminal mm-hmm. now I might say and do stuff that might lead to like uh, civil sanctions or whatever but Ooh, a former executive assistant to Hybels. No, I don't know what former means. Could be 40 years ago, could be yesterday, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or last year. Told the New York Times that she had been sexually harassed and groped by Hybels over two years. The new review r- raised no now, new allegations. Groping. Now that, that's assault. Correct. So that could be criminal. Correct. But why wouldn't you go there then? Rather than... We're going to go to the Chicago Tribune and we're going to like, it it feels as though, and again, I'm not at all, I'm not defending the guy, 
but it almost feels like, let's get him. Yeah. How do we get him? Humiliate him in the news. That's how you get everyone in today's society. You humiliate him in the news. Yep. And that, But, you know, people are encouraged to do that. There was a huge um, uh, missions organization. Same thing happened. The CEO, the head of it who started it, um, kind of had the ends justify the means kind of going on. Um, said that when people donated money, that it would go strictly to where they wanted to go, but he decided that it would go in these different areas. And you had, and on top of that, he was overbearing jerk. And uh, some of the people that worked there left, and they got a bee under their bonnet, and they started a website to get other people that had been negatively impacted who worked there, and it ended up with a... Um, uh, criminal thing that ended they didn't go to jail but they had like a 50 million dollar fine set out against this this uh, missions organization and it was just a, a couple people who had been offended and um, our society would say that's good that they're getting what they're getting mm -hmm. but if you believe the bible um <laughs> What they did was an abomination. Mm -hmm. um, so it's our society. Yeah. Josh Harris. Josh Harris. Now this is. Hold on. We're going to get to Josh Harris in a minute. Okay. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. David Allen Show. .com. Here on the White Millbank Podcast Network, WhiteMillbank.com is the website to find all the shows that come out of the studio. The David Allen Show, the interview, the campus report, Why Music, uh, and Ben and Jordan's. WhiteMillbank.com is how you find it. If you want to talk to us directly, David Allen Show at gmail.com. A little Percy Faith.
DavidAllenShow.com. Percy Faith, the theme from a summer place. Now, was that song, was that in uh, Home Alone? Oh, it might have been. Because that just comes to my head, the, the Home Alone, I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Joshua Harris. Oh, Joshua Harris. Uh, uh, he He's best known. Yes. For writing a book back was in the nineties? Yeah, late uh late nineties, mid to late nineties called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And then he wrote a few books about uh lust and sex and stuff like that. He grew up as a homeschooler. Uh oh. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and um he wrote this book. Kind of became a celebrity in uh, more conservative Christian circles. That was, that was like the textbook for all youths and young adults yeah. in the charismatic movements. Well, not just in charismatic. Okay. In uh, in, in in the Christian world, like oh yeah. across the board. Oh yeah, any type of conservative. And the premise was: don't date until you're ready to get married. Correct. Well, or, it, or was it, it was more it was more like courtship kind okay. of thing, which is is that the the whole point of it is to try to determine whether or not you should be you should marry this other person mm. rather than having fun because his point I think a big part of his point was dating leads to, you know the the primary thing is to uh, you know, make out or have sexual contact with them, or even if it's not, it'll lead to it because it's not about anything serious or long term, or it's just feeling good. Yeah, and having fun and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. So <clears throat> he did he did that, and of course, and this is what happens in the Christian society: somebody does something good, and immediately everybody wants to put them up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You know, you have a celebrity. The minute a celebrity becomes a Christian, all of a sudden they want them to to speak at conferences. And they might be one of the most shallow people on earth. And, you know, they're, they're a Christian now and they're trying their best. But all of a sudden people look to them for advice or look to them like like they've arrived mm-hmm. or something. <clears throat> so he he wrote this book and he wrote a bunch of other books and there is a uh um CJ Mahoney, I think his name is. Anyways, he had a church. He decided to take him and kind of mentor him um to be a pastor at this church. So Joshua Harris became a pastor. He doesn't he never went to school for it or anything. Not that you absolutely have to go to school or seminary in order to but you have somebody who did something um that got a lot of positive attention and But you sound like Elon Omar a second ago. Elon You have someone who did something. Elon Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Well, what I what I mean is he he did something that was um that people uh looked at. He said something, he had a message that a lot of people appreciated. And the general normal it seems normal human uh thing that we do is we tend to 
to elevate people who, mm-hmm. who do that. Like, okay, he had this good idea, so everything that comes out of his mouth now is the must, best ever. Yeah. Or he he was good at this one thing, so he's good at everything. Mm-hmm. So he became a pastor of a church, and he would speak at all these conferences and whatnot. And um, uh, the the problem, and I you know, I have an I have an issue with churches that have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, ten thousand people. I have a serious issue with it. Why? It's because. Um, the leadership there has very little connection to the people that go to that church. You mean the the top leadership? Yeah, like exactly. The, the head pastor. Yeah, exactly. Is that bad? And um, in our society, well, I would think in in just about any society, it's not good because mm-hmm. there's not there's very little this mutual submission. Now, one of the things that they've been moving towards is these cell groups kind of in churches, whereas uh, they're called life groups or now. life, life groups. Yes. Hey Seth, when are we going to have our life group this week? Yeah. <laughs> and, Thank you, Marion. <laughs> but the problem with those are, is you have 10, 12, 15 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have 10, 12, 15 people that like each other typically or are alike that are going to come together and one of them is going to have to come up, typically is going to be the leader who's going to bring the stuff together to teach them. And you don't have, you don't have this, I, I, I know I'm, I'm generalizing. I'm totally generalizing here. So this, but this is one of my you don't issues. Have to apologize to me. Yeah, but I I don't like it because you you don't have um you don't have the tension that comes with a with a you know a hundred people or fifty people that that are of a different culture and in terms of a different generation or you know that that um friction that comes from life mm. and having to submit yourself to the group rather than you, you get together and it's like a bible study now <clears throat> i haven't gone to every life group i've gone to several of them and they're and they're all crap uh, i don't think they're all <laughs> crap but the, it seems like the attitude is we're we're creating these life groups to be like these mini churches in a large church Mm-hmm. Because the large church can't do what a church is supposed to do, so you, you create these life groups that are these mini groups or mini churches. Anyways, so Joshua Harris, Joshua Harris. So the 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 issue that I have with it in in large churches is that people put someone like that up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, 2015, he quit as a pastor. People do that all the time because he wanted to look at other. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, basically he wanted to see other people or increase his <laughs> horizons on. Um, you know, other. There's at a this, quote at this point. Had he denounced his book yet? No. Okay. Um, about that time, kind of, quasi. Because he kind of he first came out and apologized to everyone he had ruined their life with his book. Right, pretty much. Well, it was it was kind of like he was um, that he was too harsh mm-hmm. or whatever. 
Um, I'm speaking too much truth. I'm sorry. Hey, he should have gone to Bill Heibel's church. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> in January 2015, he announced his resignation as a senior pastor of Covenant Life Church to broaden his views and connect to other uh, parts of Christianity. Oh, good. Oprah. Okay. So you can tell um, he hit the eject button probably right then. Um, <laughs> and Harris said the isolation of Covenant Life and of a small cluster of churches of which it was a part may have fed leadership mistakes, including the decision of pastors, himself among them, to handle a child sexual abuse case internally instead of going to police. Okay. So... Um, in 2016, he permanently resigned from his position at Covenant Life Church. 2019, he announced his separation from his wife. 2000, and about a week later, he said that he no longer considers himself a Christian. So this happens. And I remember when I became a Christian, something like this would have been like, oh, oh, it would have, it would have impacted me. It would have shook me some because if this perfect Christian, I mean, the perf, the bet, I mean, you know, almost like Apostle Paul, not quite <laughs> close, very close. If he can go, I'm no longer a Christian. Uh, you know, what, what chance do I have? But now I see this, and the, one of the first things I thought of was this you don't, you, you don't claim to be a Christian anymore. What piece of evidence, what truth, uh, or uh, what thing did you discover ooh, now ooh, to disprove that disproved yeah. your entire life? <laughs> Show me what that evidence is. Show me what that thing is that just changed your mind I wasn't that able Christianity to do what I isn't to true do all the time. And that, and the issue that I have with things like this is that it's never or not, I shouldn't say never, but so often it's not about the truth. Mm-hmm. It is not. So they became hedonistic. Probably. I mean, I don't know. It's all about me feeling happy. I'm good. It could be. I got to feel good. For whatever reason, he claimed to be a Christian back in the mm-hmm. day. It, it wasn't necessarily because he evaluated the evidence. He looked at he looked at all the uh, the truth that is out there and and said, yes, based upon this, I'm going to follow the truth. I wonder if we should get him on, see if he'll come on the show and answer that question. Oh, I bet. I bet he'll jump at that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm at a point in my life now. I just don't care. You kids, get out my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> that, um... Unless somebody comes up with some evidence that is contrary, that that shows that the Bible isn't true, so, I'm so not gonna, your, your thing I'm is you, you've change. gone so far. What I mean, it would have to be huge to get you to. Go, it would yeah, have, My life has been a lie. Well, not my life, but. What I believed has been a lie, but I, you know, I can, I can be honest with myself and other people to say, I don't think that there's anything out there that would Mm. make me change my mind. Now, some people would say, well, if my, if my children were killed, I, you know, then I would turn away from God. Well, I, you know, and I, 
I understand the the horror and the pain and the, and the struggle. But at what point did God ever guarantee that you were going to have kids in the first place, mm-hmm. biblically? Mm-hmm. Where did he ever say that you weren't going to have a life filled with pain and misery? It's not there. So if you're going to follow God because of the good things that he's going to give you, mm-hmm. I would submit you're following him for the wrong reason. Well, I do think a lot of people have this idea that joy is synonymous with happy. Yes. And feeling good. Yeah. And those situational. two are not. Yeah, situational. Those things are not the same. No. No, they're not. Uh, uh, CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, yep. has a, a, a website. Today. They do. Strangely. When did that happen? I'm not sure. Today, an article was posted. Author Joshua Harris kisses his faith goodbye. I see what they did there. Joshua Harris, author of the popular evangelical bestseller, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which he has since denounced, declared Friday he has bid adieu to his Christian faith. Days after announcing via Twitter, Instagram, that he and his wife would be permanently separating, Harris, known in the early 2000s as something of a relationship guru, said he is, quote, not a Christian anymore. Let's read his Instagram post, shall we? Yes, let's do it. This from Joshua Harris at uh, at Harris Josh on the Instagram. Now, d- is there a picture there with him? Uh, yeah, it's a picture of his bald head in a mountain. And he's out, he's out he's nature. He's out nature. He's, he's getting in touch with himself. Yes. Oh, yeah. He yes. sees peace there and... Uh-huh. Totally. Uh, my heart is full of gratitude. I Why? wish. Why? I wish Why? you could see all the messages that people sent me after the announcement of my divorce. Oh, oh okay. That's why he's. Okay. They are expressions of love, though they are saddened or even strongly disapprove of the decision. I am learning that no group has the market cornered on grace. This week, I've received grace from Christians. Atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Of course, there have also been strong words of rebuke from religious people. While not always pleasant, I know they are seeking to love me. Parentheses. There have also been spiteful, hateful comments that angered and hurt me. The information that was left out of our announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measures that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this. But I am not there now. Buddhist monk, a monk. Martin Luther said that the entire life of believers should be repentance. There's beauty in that sentiment, regardless of your view of God. I have lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in the church, and my approach to parenting, to name a few. But I specifically wanted to add to this list now. <laughs> I know uh, the the L L L B G T Q R S T U V W X Y Z. To the L G B T Q I A A P P Q R S T community. 
ASAP. I want to say that I am sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you can forgive me. To my Christian's friends, I am grateful for your prayers. Don't take it personally if I don't immediately return calls. I can't join in your mourning. I don't view this moment negatively. I feel very much alive and awake and surprisingly hopeful. I believe with my sister Julian that, quote, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. End quote. Well, now... 3,829 likes on the Instagram post. <clears throat> How many 3,172 comments that we're not reading. See, I I think yet that we don't know the end of the story of this guy. Uh, for Yeah, probably. The, this comment by... Go. Jordan Elizabeth Burke. Must be a lady. Jordan. Ha- at Harris Josh... The boldest acts of faith are always first labeled as heresy. Even so far back as Jesus, heart. Well, <laughs> I mean, she does have a point that <laughs> yeah, the, the but, Jews would say that the he religious was community, sure. Yeah, but and so what he what he's doing in his message is he's stealing from Christianity and he's using these terms in a Christian context, but he doesn't says he doesn't believe it anymore. But you know, for however long he's. I mean, this has been his his world, and I, you know, someone like him, um, he. Again, I'm not saying that this is a requirement, um, to be a pastor, but he went from in the 20s, early 20s. I think he was born in like 74 or something like that. So he was in his early 20s when he became this celebrity, thrown up on a pedestal. Um, And then you're surrounded by people telling you what to believe. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you're put in a position of leadership without you having to sift through what you believe. Mm-hmm. You've been told what you should believe from your parents and everybody else, but you've never dealt with it yourself you've never examined it maybe you know maybe he had but i don't know anyway so he comes out on the other side he's put up on this pedestal i i bet anything that he's been having issues for the past 10 years but who do you go to talk to Mm -hmm. who do you go you're on a pedestal there's nobody else that's one of that's another problem with these large churches you get people you put them up on the pedestal He's the pastor who's supposed to know anything, but he can't have any weakness because he's arrived and we want to be just right. like him. Yeah. So where's he going to go? You know? So, I mean, I'm, I feel sympathetic to, to his plight. Um, and I, there was a, a young lady just that I'm quote unquote friends with on Facebook. Anyways, she was, um, she's going to college and she was, you know, a leader at Campus Crusade for Christ or whatnot. And it was like, 
in a week's time she cut her hair and now she's a flaming lesbian and she's all lesbian and gay and everything else <clears throat> so it's another example of somebody who was looking for, it seems to me was looking for an identity in something and it didn't uh they weren't necessarily christian but they put on the clothing because they wanted to be part of a group of people that would accept them. And when they're, you know, I would, I mean, you see this sort of thing happening all the time. So, which is another reason why, um, with our children Mm -hmm. and in church, you need to talk about the truth. Mm -hmm. You need to hammer the truth you need to you need to not just give platitudes um you you uh when somebody asks a, a hard question you need to give them um a real answer not tell them to just believe whatever um and and give people reasons to believe and um don't ever like like this example of Joshua Harris in youth groups this should be front and center. Mm. This should this should, this is one of those things you should be talking about to all the kids because, without exception, there's going to be kids in this group that are going to do the same thing, without exception. I um I remember oh this is 15 years ago, uh I was a youth pastor, and I went to um I would go down, and uh, not I guess it's not classes but take seminars, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the <laughs> The guys who was there, who who was the the head of this group, he'd been a youth pastor for twenty, thirty years, forty years, and he said that he wrote um, of the people that he started with. Um, he had well over ten people who were youth pastors were on fire, supposedly, and have and have. Uh, turned away and rejected what they once believed. And these are leaders. These aren't just, you know, members. So this, this, this is life in a church. This is, and it's going to, and it's going to um, happen more and more because of the influence of YouTube, of, you know, um, uh, the society coming down hard on on uh, young Christians, um, so you need to address this with kids when they're young, and don't ever ever sweep something underneath the underneath the rug because kids will see this and they'll go, well, if it didn't work for him, why should I think it'll work for me? Mm-hmm. And if it didn't work for him, then maybe it's not true. Yeah. But like I said earlier, show me the evidence that made you change your mind. If there was no evidence that made you change your mind other than feelings or whatever. <clears throat> give one more example. There was a guy who uh, was a counselor at a Christian camp that I was working at, and he was all on fire. He was uh, going to uh, Bible college. And I noticed on Facebook probably about five years ago he would uh, – something significantly changed. Well, he he came out and gave his story what had happened. He said that one day, like 10 years ago, 
five year, years ago, however long it was, he went into his living room as a Christian. He sat down on the sofa, and when he came off the sofa, he was an atheist. It happened that quick to him that he rejected what he believed. Well, if that's the case, he didn't he didn't accept it based upon biblical truth about based upon truth. Mm-hmm. Um and he didn't reject it based upon what was true or not true. <clears throat> so, and and finally, if you're ever going to talk to people about becoming a Christian, it needs to be based upon something that is solid a foundation that they can put their weight on because if you don't give them something solid then there is nothing to keep them from just walking away at a certain point in time yeah Something beautiful, something This is Shannon Bonnie, perhaps? B-O-N-N-E? I've never heard of her. Yeah, you have. You just didn't know it. This is Josh Harris's ex-wife. Oh, really? Uh, on her Instagram page five days ago. What's she have to say? 13 things about me. Number one, I am a singer. But these days, more songwriter and wannabe producer. Number two, I have a Siamese cat named Wasabi. Number three, I grew up in New Jersey and Maryland and have and now have family in Longboat Key, Florida. Number four, I live in a little house I call the Rabbit Hutch. That's pretty strange with a bunch of mirrors. But in my mind, I live in a minimalistic Scandinavian dwelling. French press coffee. Dark French rose with powdered coffee made is my morning jam. Number six, I love to cook, and I read cookbooks and watch old Julia Child videos for entertainment. Seven, I vehemently oppose the Instapot. It's actually Instant Pot, if she's one to be correct, but I caved and bought a knockoff two weeks ago. That's why it's an Instapot. Number eight, I still believe in God. Number nine, I'm not a great reader, 
but hoping to make more room for this. Number 10, I would like to write a book about my ideas about theology, God, and wholeness at some point. I'm an ENFP, an Enneagram 8, and was years ahead of the Enneagram rage, and Maria Kondo for that matter, but I'm not proud of all I'm not proud at all about it. 12. I currently do yoga for health, but I don't think I'm very good at being zen. 13. I have only ordered two things from Amazon this year, so she's a raging liberal. <laughs> I can't trust her. So, I, it, it's intriguing just to see this side of this breakup. And then... You know, but whatever. She still believes in God, whatever that means. I wonder if Harris would say the same. Oh, I'm sure he, he probably would, too. would. I'm sure he would too. Hmm. And you know, this has been going on for a long time. They have Th- three children. And they have, yeah, I know. Ugh. That's the part that sucks. Well, the. You know, I was I went to uh, Joshua Harris's website to read about stuff that he said, and you can tell that this wasn't something that just popped out a week ago. What? You know, the, him, the, the, the divorce, divorce yeah. and everything else. So they've been having issues or disagreements, and maybe they haven't. I mean, with each other. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they both agree biblically or, you know, whatever they believe theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're in tune in that sense. Maybe that's the only way that they're in tune. It'd be interesting also to see if uh, uh, Joshua Harris comes out as gay. Oh. Mark that down. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. Because, man. Or, well. Or had an affair or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But sexually inappropriate. <laughs> Is that the name of the show? <laughs> oh man! But he is uh, the. Uh, speaking of that, we need to break it up. He is the greatest dancer, Sister Sledge. Everybody, on the David Allen Show. Uh, Seven fifteen, July fifteen, two thousand nineteen. This from the Daily Beast. It's an opinion by Goldie Taylor. I don't know who she is or he, whatever. Headline, Trump is a racist. And if you still support him, so are you. Boy, that'll change minds. <laughs> Inclusive here, everyone. Uh, the president is a racist in his words and actions. Before you go clutching your pearls and extolling the virtues of civility, let me say this. Put a sock in it. This is not a new revelation, nor is it something that we can continue to ignore as though it were coming from a drunk uncle at the family barbecue. Bigotry is dangerous, and in the hands of our nation's commander-in-chief, it can mean an inability to recognize individual humanity and a failure to act with moral authority in times of crisis. Oh my goodness, is she a hypocrite. <laughs> she is. She's accusing him of that what she is doing herself. <laughs> Hello. Holy I am what I say you are. Every person talk to take to every person talking about his clothes as he cheerfully bears his backside is part of the problem. Sunday he claimed that newly elected progressive Democrats originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe. And the worst, more corrupt and inept anywhere in the world. 
and he told freshman reps on Ayana Presley, Rashida Talib, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, and Ilhan Omar. Outspoken Democratic women of color who have famously gone by the name the four no what the four horsemen no what are they <laughs> the squad that's it the squad <laughs> the four horsemen <laughs> three of the four were born here in the u.s all are american citizens and duly elected members of congress trump's repugnant rebuke of american values did not come out of thin air it unfolded days after quote the squad traveled with a delegation of congressional democrats to tour detention facilities in border states what they found was deplorable Reports of rampant abuse and neg- neglect filled the airwaves, leading Trump to again dismiss accurate coverage as fake news. Rather than focus on improving basic conditions and getting the work on bipartisan comprehensive reforms, the president basically said if immigrants don't like how they're being treated, they should stay in their own country. This morning, he turned his ire on some of his most vocal critics in Congress, all of whom have previously called for his impeachment. Well, so, there you have it. And that's, Impeach him. And that's bad because his most vocal crit, uh, critics have been doing the same thing. I mean, I, I, I hear that. It's, it's hard for me to even take anything she says seriously <laughs> because it, it is so hypocritical. Yeah. It, you, you're criticizing him for what you're doing right now, and it's just... It drives me crazy. Why don't they I go back? I have a difficult time here, <laughs> Trump, Trump tweeted, why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came and then come back and show us how it's done? Now, is that, hey, get out of here, go home? To them it is. But it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. If he said, you know what, I, I said... I said some things that I probably shouldn't have. They go, oh, see, he agrees. He's racist. <laughs> he agrees with us. And if you support him, so are you. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and it's just crazy. AOC, AOC she was chosen from among 10,000 other people who applied for uh, yeah yeah she got selected she got selected yep. to by be the, the justice Democrats I believe mm-hmm. is who her that's her those are her handlers uh, yeah so I what we haven't heard this in a while this is our anti-trump anthem <laughs> hey this is almost pertinent today Despite the numbers, Mr. President. Mr. President, this is a quote from AOC, Mr. President, the country I come from and the country we all swear to is the United States. You are angry because you can't conceive of an America that includes us. You rely on a frightened America for your plunder. 
When at real Donald Trump tells four American congresswomen to go back to their countries, he reaffirms his plan to make America great again has always been about making America white again. That is House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Our diversity is our strength and our unity is our power. No, no, it's not. No. Talk about uh, you, you talk about Bob Mueller, Mueller, Bob Mueller, Jim Jim Jordan, uh, the Honorable Representative Jim Jordan from I don't know where he's from. Um, he uh, had some questioning time with the Honorable Bob Mueller the <laughs> Third. What? <laughs> I don't I don't know the question. So uh this Jim Jordan and Bob Mueller. I interviewed Joseph Mifsud on February tenth, twenty seventeen. In that interview, Mr. Mifsud lied. You point this out on page one ninety three, volume one, Mifsud denied. Mifsud also falsely stated. In addition, Mipsid omitted. Three times he lied to the FBI, yet you didn't charge him with the crime. Excuse me, are, did you Why say not? one? I'm sorry, did you say 193? Volume 1, 193. He lied three times, you pointed out in the report. Why didn't you charge him with the crime? Well, I can't get into uh, internal deliberations. Talk about that. Who would or would not talk, be. Uh, charge a lot of other people. I'm talking about that. He's like Richard Nixon. I'm not a crook. In 2016, the FBI did something they probably haven't done before. They spied on two American citizens associated with a presidential campaign, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. With Carter Page, they went to the FISA court. They used the now famous dossier as part of the reason they were able to get the warrant and spy on Carter Page for a better part of a year. With Mr. Papadopoulos, they didn't go to the court. They used human sources, all kinds of, from about the moment Papadopoulos joins the Trump campaign. You got all these people all around the world starting to swirl around him. Names like Halper, Downer, Mifsud, Thompson, meeting in Rome, London, all kinds of places. The FBI even sent, even sent a lady posing as somebody else, went by the name Azra Turk, even dispatched her to London to spy on Mr. Papadopoulos. In one of these meetings, Mr. Papadopoulos is talking to a foreign diplomat, and he tells the diplomat, Russians have dirt on Clinton. That diplomat then contacts the FBI, and the FBI opens an investigation based on that fact. You point this out on page one of the report. July 31st, 2016, they open the investigation based on that piece of information. Diplomat tells Papadopoulos, Russians have dirt, excuse me, Papadopoulos tells the diplomat, Russians have dirt on Clinton. Diplomat tells the FBI, 
What I'm wondering is, who told Papadopoulos? How'd he find out? I can't get into the evidence. You can't part. talk about yes, that. Yes, you can, because you wrote about it. You gave us the answer. We can't talk about it. Page 192 of the report, you tell us who told him. Joseph Mifsud. Joseph Mifsud's a guy who told Papadopoulos. The mysterious professor who lives in Rome and London, works at teaching two different universities. This is the guy who told Papadopoulos. He's the guy who starts it all. And when the FBI interviews him, he lies three times. And yet you don't charge him with a crime. You charge Rick Gates for false statements. You charge Paul Manafort for false statements. You charge Michael Cohen with false statements. You charge Michael Flynn, a three-star general, with false statements. But the guy who puts the country through this whole saga starts it all for three years we've lived this now. He lies, and you guys don't charge him. And I'm curious as to why. Well, I we can't get into it, and, uh, and it's obvious, I think, that we can't get into charging decisions. When the FBI interviewed him in February, it's obvious the FBI we can't interviews him in February, <laughs> when the special counsel's office interviewed Mifsud, did he lie to you guys too? Can't get into that. I can't get did into you interview that. Mifsud? Can't get into that. Is Mifsud Western intelligence can't or Russian intelligence? Can't get into that. A lot of things you can't get into. What's interesting, you can charge 13 Russians, no one's ever heard of, no one's ever seen, no one's ever gonna hear of them, no one's ever gonna see them. You can charge them. You can charge all kinds of people who are around the president with false statements. But the guy who launches every, the guy who puts this whole story in motion, you can't charge him. I think that's amazing. I'm not certain I, I, not certain I uh, agree with your characterizations. Who well, cares, Bob? The president <laughs> committed the crime of obstruction. You could not publicly this courtesy the no agenda show. Can you repeat the question, sir? You're gonna have to repeat that for me. Can you repeat the last part of that question? Yeah. Which act? Pardon? Can you read the last question? The last question was. I want to make certain I got it accurate. I'm sorry, could you restate? The individual is in fact obligated to provide what's being demanded by the regulation or statute, meaning you don't have any wiggle room, right? I'd have to look more closely at the statute. Well, I just read it to you. And what was the question, sir, if I might? Correct. And where are you reading from on that? I'm reading from my question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then could you repeat it? Okay. Is that correct on... The screen. Can you, can you uh, repeat the question? And now that I have the uh, language on the screen, is it correct? Uh, what was the question? Uh, pardon? <laughs> can you read the last question? The last question was. I want to make certain I got it accurate. I apologize. Sure. Can you start it again? Okay. Sure. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that one? Attorney number two in the Inspector General's report and Struck both worked on your team, didn't they? Pardon me. Can you ask? Uh, they both worked on your team, didn't they? Uh, I know. I heard struck. Who else were you talking about? Attorney number two identified in the inspector general's report. Okay. And the question was? Volume two, page 87 and 88 of your report. True? Uh, I'm sorry. Could you again uh, repeat the question? <laughs> the pres oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that, that was a good clip that uh, Adam Curry put together. I believe it's hilarious. <laughs> or or Curry makes the, the possible. He posits the theory. Um that it's possible that was just a ploy to drag things along. Well, whatever. <laughs> it was. It was embarrassing. That's true. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, he's kind of miserable. Um, I just don't really know 
what the I don't, I don't know what they, they were th- hoping to get by dragging him up there to answer questions about the report that he supposedly wrote. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. They, they yeah they they did think that he would say get give him sound bites. Well, and if he would have done a good job, and um, if he would have seemed to be a commanding presence there, who with a commanding grasp of the facts and everything else, it would have been a good uh, mm-hmm. PR stunt. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, I think the Dems were hoping for that. Yeah, they wanted uh, the the TV sound bites that they could get. Would you read this sentence? I, I, do, you, do you see this part of that page? Would you just go ahead and read that sentence for me? Yeah. I know Mueller's kind of funny because, like, no, I'd be happy to let you read that one. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, I get your game. Move on. that's my question you don't have it now oh was this like a slip up because there has been like in the past it used to be all the questions and answers were all done ahead of time and the the actual back and forth was for show like they all got they got submitted the questions and the answers all got submitted in writing so what are the odds that Mueller half that book was all the questions. Well, which part were you reading from? My question. Oh, oh gotcha. Yep, there it is. Huh. <laughs> I, who did I? I can't remember. Somebody speculated that Mueller was actually working for Trump or for the, you know, not... Um basically more of an agent for Trump or the Republicans rather than the progressive Democrats. <clears throat> I, you know, I don't think that's true, but he, it sounds like he didn't do the best job in the world. And What? At least that's that's what the kids are saying. Um, reputation. He was FBI director and, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that Mueller, Mueller had clout that made it, like he was an acceptable stooge for both sides because of his wonderful, his impeccable character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know, did I send you... Did I send, who did I send the, the 11 takeaways from the Mueller report that need to be, that, that are the, no, the 11, I think it's 11 lies still being perpetuated about the Mueller report. And number 11 was Mueller. His name is not Mueller. It's Uh-oh. Mueller. <laughs> this guy of such high regard his, he's so good, you at least give him the decency of calling him by his name, Mueller. And so they put it in parentheses, Mueller. Like, really? Stop. You have 10 things. Why go to the 11th thing? 
I didn't get that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't to you. I don't think it's possible. You don't think it was possible? So Mueller must have known who the Fusion GPS people were. So do you think it was a straight-up lie? Or do you think he just didn't actually do the work? He was there getting paid. So he lied. Do you think he'll... He, he appeared to be somewhat unstable physically. So he either lied or just doesn't know. So... Well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> he was either in the room or he wasn't. Yeah, one of those. Uh, <laughs> why were you here? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, let's see. I'm going to see if I can find it here, that article. You think his wife's embarrassed of him? <laughs> why? <laughs> Droopy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like dinner, honey? <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> what was the question? I heard, did you? What was the question? <laughs> this... <laughs> Do you think, okay, watching some of the, t I didn't see much of it, but the pieces I saw, he was just straight up, like, he didn't appear like this was a joke. He looked straight up real. This is real. Are these people so far into their tiny little bubble? So are you implying that maybe he's actually a Muppet? A realistic oh, Muppet? Oh, man, he looked like it. He and could it's actually be a lizard. Frank, uh, Frank Oz who's doing the voice. You know, the <laughs> same one who does uh, Miss Piggy. And they've, they've done the technology <laughs> so well. This is a deep fake. <laughs> a real one. Oh, man. They <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> no, no yeah. one could stand up as I he came in and out. I didn't see any wires at all. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a Bluetooth man. Muller the Bluetooth. Bob Muller. Bobby. <laughs> oh man. But, well, especially the Democrats, they thought it was a disaster. They thought it was going to be a slam dunk. Oh, man, they were ba banking on it. This was their, like, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> yeah. He's going down. But you know what I don't understand? I What I don't understand about Trump is why doesn't he just leave well enough alone and not say stuff? Well, I know it's not his style, but he could... Well, it might be effective, but if you're going to insult people, do it. I mean, you know, be very. Try to do it in a way that uh, doesn't make you look petty. You know? Mm hmm. Hmm. 
So, so your is your claim, Peanut Gallery, that this is just like the sensationalizing is just to, to sell news? But I mean, like but no, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, maybe, maybe. But when he does a Twitter, I mean, it, then it, no, it is no, what no. It is. The thing is, he says a certain thing, and that certain thing is what it is. And then the media, typically on the left, which starts at CNN and goes over, they take it for something it maybe isn't, or they read into it. So are they taking his benign statements and then tweaking them? Oh, he told these ladies to go home to their country, their own. He told them to leave and go to their home country where they came from. Go back to your mother. What did he tell them? <laughs> what is a dog whistle? <coughs> you can't hear the dog whistle? But you get a reaction? Yeah, are, so so are you? Are, are is your theory then? But the that, dogs will jump. Oh, oh, so I see. Yeah. Is your theory that? I say, these black people, <laughs> oh, so is the dog whistle? Is that a racist statement? A well, surreptitious yeah, racism? Ah, so so the idea is the racist will understand. They'll hear it. They got it. Oh, there. Okay, so the dog whistle is actually for the the horrible, the whiteies. Kill whitey. Cause yeah, they uh, they're the only ones that hear it. Oh man. Hey, I found the article. Time dot com. I found it. A dog whistle, the use of terms that seem innocuous but are intended to convey a hidden and potentially controversial message to a particular audience. That's not I say. You don't think that's a true statement there, Peanut Gallery? No, because what you're saying. No. Is so you're so they are implying that he means something else. So he's couching his his words. He's couching the meaning. Well. Yeah, but it would have to be like with a dog dog whistle you if they're saying it and they're they would be saying that it is racist what he you know i mean when when he makes a comment and they say it's a dog whistle they're implying it's racism because he's racist and anybody who votes for him is racist No, well, mm, no, he didn't mean it. They're hoping he meant something racist by it. So they're reading into anything they can. And they're assuming. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so myth. This is the last myth in their rundown of myths on the Mueller report. The myth. The special counsel's name is Robert Mueller. That's the myth. The response at the hearing, at least two members of Congress referred to the special counsel as Mr. Mueller. They have it, M-U-L-E-E-R, Mueller. Whether you agree or disagree with his conclusions, more, 
is a dedicated public servant who took on a thankless task and a huge pay cut to investigate an attack on our national security. Whoa, pay cut. Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> he was retired, right? <laughs> I don't know. Probably No, he was probably a uh, <clears throat> an informant. Consultant? Consultant. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And he and he deserves the respect of having his name pronounced correctly. It's pronounced Muller. Like Muller Light, duh. Muller. And when you golf you <laughs> That was uh some quality journalism out of the Time Time magazine right there. So then is his first name Robert? Maybe. Because <laughs> around uh, here it's pronounced third. Mueller. 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 <laughs> Come on, Mueller. Miller. It is kind of Miller. Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> That's a Miller. 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 Umar. Cerveza. <laughs> oh, baby. Here we go. Let's see. We'll see what this says. About Supreme Court decisions. With this, I think about Dred Scott. Hey, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. My bad. Sorry about that. I forgot. I forgot the most important piece of this. I'm about to break it down. Wiki, wiki. Here we go. All right. the way that it is. And it is because it is designed to acknowledge the flawed human nature in our grand experiment of self-governance. Grand! Unspeakable <coughs> horrors yeah. have been executed by the United States eggs? in the name yes. of citizenship. In Carth. the name of determining who is a citizen. And by citizen, we mean who is a person in our democracy. No! That is what no! means. No! No! No, no, no. Citizenship means personhood? Yes. <laughs> she just said that. Sorry. Okay. It is an acknowledgement of personhood in American democracy, an acknowledgement of power. And when I think about Supreme Court decisions, with this, I think about Dred Scott. I think about Korematsu versus the United States, where the Supreme Court upheld Japanese internment regardless <gasps> of, the, of the citizenship status of Japanese Americans. And how did that start? It started with the United States Census. I can't do it anymore! It <laughs> she was gone so young! Interment? A syllable or something. I don't know. What, what, what's <laughs> the difference between interment or internment? Who? Internment? Instead of what? So internment, internment is what it should be. Intermit? Mint? Huh. Well, that would imply that she uh, knows what's up. <laughs> AOC of the week, everyone, here on the David Allen Show. AOC of the week. 
Mm. So, what what do you think? Do you think she's going to get reelected? No, but maybe. <laughs> How's that for a couched answer? So, yeah. <clears throat> do you think she'll get squashed? You, um, by whom? Nancy? Nancy or somebody like, um, like if she doesn't get reelected, is she going to, do you think that the media is going to continue to give her a spotlight and, uh, you know, are going to be interviewing her about these sort of things? Or the minute she's gone, she'll be forgotten. Oh, she'll probably go and talk on the college circuit to like-minded airheads. But, you know, but in terms of do you think she'll... If she loses... It will be a racist reason, according to her. But what if she loses the primary? No, either way, because it will mean even if it's the, a black woman. What black woman's gonna go against her on, in the primary? Yeah, I mean, really. Well, maybe one now, who now. If Nancy's smart, <clears throat> she will not allow a primary challenge. Because if she if AOC gets beat by a Democrat, that's not yeah. If she gets beat by a Democrat, especially a white one, if it's a man, holy cow, it's over. Racism. So Nancy will more than likely do everything she can to keep any primary challenger out. So she will go against a white man or a white woman on the Republican side, and I mean it's such a left New York district i can't believe for a second now she's a lunatic well but i mean chances <laughs> we've already established i mean she's already established that <laughs> but chances are it won't matter because of that it, it's like someone in eugene oregon or portland a republican winning but there's a black lady running against her or hoping to run against her on, on the Ooh. right on the, on the, the republican yeah, side yeah as a republican <clears throat> uh, well, th- then there you go. And what that would show is that she's an aunt. What would you call that? Not an Uncle Tom. What do you call a female Uncle Tom? Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima. <laughs> I thought that was syrup. Maybe. <laughs> peanut gallery. We won't we won't repeat that. <laughs> um Yeah, I I I'm wondering okay, she's a little thorn in Pelosi's side, but you know, they're, they're, okay, now, I'm trying to think of another term, um, but they are kind of just like windbags. I mean, there's no <laughs> substance there. They don't, ha- they don't have any power. They, all the, Windbag. all they do is just, you know, flap their gums. That's all, that's all they do. They're juniors, so they, you know, her and Omar, I don't know about the other two. Omar. But, yeah. Elon um, Umar. So I don't know. I don't know. Does Pelosi even care, or is she like, oh yeah, you're cute, you know, just run away, little kid, or do you, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do, do you think mm-hmm. Pelosi even cares? The I I think the only reason it matters <coughs> that she is uh, in the spotlight is because the president has taking it upon himself to now run his 2020 campaign against, not the Democrats, but against the four, the the squad. 
the four whore? <laughs> the four horse, horse women. Okay, you forgot the, <laughs> the squad. Because the, the squad that was inappropriate. <laughs> but, but I do sincerely apologize. Well, I was thinking my that, intent was not to be misheard by David. <laughs> I am um, sorry that you misheard me. The the interesting thing about this, I just thought about this that Pelosi uh, might have a problem with it because if she wants to beat Trump, she has to go more center. And if these if these ladies are out flapping their gums, they're going to be perceived as the de facto the leaders. De- absolutely, and that is where Trump is an absolute master because By allowing he has, them to come up and just oh, just he's goading them. Poking yep. the bear. Absolutely. It's phenomenal because they come up. He's already running in Minnesota against Ilhan Omar because he said, I'm going to win 2020. Minnesota's ours in 2020 because of her, because Omar is going to cause Trump to win Minnesota. I'm not surprised it happens. Mm. So he he is is he is lumping these <laughs> the squad the basketball squad, they're the C team. He's lumping them up, as and he's putting them on top. He he single handedly has put them as the head of the Democrat Party. I just thought of something back uh, when I was well, no, I I guess I was early teens, maybe late teens. They had on Saturday morning. They had uh, like the Power or like Superman, the Justice League or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but they had the the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twin powers activate, and they wore <laughs> rings, and they would touch, and they were a brother and a sister, and then uh, one of them would turn into like a gorilla or an elephant, and the other one would turn like into ice or water or something like that. I think it would be a hilarious uh, mockumentary to get uh, cartoonists, you know, the wonder yeah. whatever, and then have them fight um, injustice. And and then shenanigans happen. I think that would be <laughs> hilarious. Yes. Well, yes. No, but they uh, quit because they were getting quit because, death, yes. death threats. And AOC said nothing about it. Compassionate death death threats, you know, because that nine year old is is a, is a hate Horrible, filled hate filled human human being who doesn't deserve <clears throat> dignity and life and freedom. Yeah. I mean. You know, you have to treat them like this because if you don't, they're going to turn out to be Hitler and will kill all um, gay people. So you have to treat fire with fire and destroy them while they're young. Kill them all. Yeah. Kill them all. Because really, if you had a chance to go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby, wouldn't you do it? (laughs) No. I would just treat him nice, and then maybe he wouldn't have grown up that way. <clears throat> All right, since, David, you weren't on the show last week, we talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to bring it up again because I want your thoughts, I want your reaction to it. Okay. I don't think. You didn't listen to the, last, the, no. the episode last week? All right. Go. It's common for communities to use zoning codes to exclude commercial and industrial uses from residential areas. Yes. But Sacramento County, California, seems extra zealous about making sure that residents don't try to operate auto repair businesses amid homes. 
Okay. While it concedes to the resident the right to perform minor auto repair on their own car in their driveway or garage, it bans repairs or maintenance in any of the following circumstances. Okay. So, earlier on in the show, we talked about definitions. Yep. I want you to tell me what in the name of all that's good is this. Number one, you may not perform repair on your vehicle, in your driveway, or inside of your own garage um, under these circumstances. One, if you are using tools not normally found in a residence. What? <laughs> Which residence? Yes. Uh, maybe what? maybe it's talking about uh, like uh, huh? pneumatic. Mm-hmm. No, the peanut gallery here. Not pneumatic, the, the air. Well, no, no. I mean, um, like, like a, a, like a heavy-duty lift sure. that'll go all the way okay. up the ceiling. So let's say I have uh, machinery I need to get up underneath. The peanut gallery here has a device that you sit on and drive about your yard. It's got these spinny things underneath that cuts the grass. Uh, those need addressed regularly. So you have you you buy a device that's not very normal in people's homes. It's not normally found in a residence, but it jacks up that thing so you can get under it. Oh yeah. Well, of course. <clears throat> so is that a tool that's not normally found in a residence? Of course, they're going to keep it vague so that they can define it however they want to if they need to. Number two, you may not perform uh, repairs or maintenance on a vehicle in your driveway or in your garage with the door shut. Uh, if it's conducted on vehicles registered to persons not currently residing on the lot or parcel. So in that instance, the peanut gallery, so like who some know, the peanut gallery is my dad, uh, most of the time. I wouldn't be able to drive my vehicle to yeah. the peanut gallery's property do it on and the do lawn. maintenance. Do it on the lawn. Doesn't say anything about the lawn, does it? It does say driveway or garage. But not lawn. <clears throat> Perhaps. Backyard. Um, how about in the street in front of the place, on the sidewalk up front? You can They cannot be conducted outside a fully enclosed garage, and resulting in any vehicle being inoperable for a period in excess of twenty-four hours. So you can't in your driveway. You can't, like, say, take your brake calipers off and your rotors off. And go get them turned. And oh, it's five o'clock in the evening. We'll have them done tomorrow. And then I work all day. I get home at seven p.m. Sorry, inoperable for over twenty-four hours. Yeah, but <laughs> well, no, they won't tow it. <laughs> but the reason well, they might try. The reason they're skids. they're they're doing that most likely don't for justify worse. this. Of I'm course, not... it's worst case. The point is, it's so vague. That, I mean, not tool not normally found in a residence. Now, what if you have a project car? <clears throat> you wouldn't be able to. Right. Mm-hmm. Hello? Mm-hmm. Is this an attempt? Now, the guys on Garage Logic, you ever listen to that podcast? Uh, back in the Click and Clack Brothers or whatever, way back in the day? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you not know, that's slick, Willie. Two, slick. Well, I know. Uh, uh, Garage Logic, Joe Sujere. He's that used oh, to be him. a voice yes. on in the yes. Twin Cities. Yes. They they now are no longer on the air, but they have a podcast that's daily. Oh, and so okay. it's it's a good one. You should listen to it. I I recommend it. Garage Logic, 
uh, on the uh, the podcast. I'm pumping that. I don't even get paid for that. That's outrageous. It um, is outrageous. They talked about this. You're outrageous. I know. Uh, one commuter, uh, commenter, actually, this from the Grassroots Motorsports Forum, reported that they had already been issued a $430 fine for working on his car inside his garage. Hmm. How does that work? At what point does private property not come into play? Private property rights. Are we not a nation of private property rights? No, I <laughs> I totally agree. Like if I if I lived out there, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I would do everything I could to not live out there. Mhm. I I don't know why I mean, okay. Love what you get. If you're going to move out there, love what you get. All right. The code states that conducting minor vehicle repair or minor automotive repair defined as is legal at a residence, and it's defined as minor. It defines minor automotive repair as the following: brake part replacement. So Mi- then it would work. Minor, to, not for more than twenty-four hours, though. But what was the context of the twenty-four hour one? You can't have an in, it inoperable. For more than 24 hours. And then what's the definition of inoperable? I would assume if the wheels are off, you can't drive it. I, I don't know the well, definition. Well, but it might not. You could start up the engine. Mm, that could be. What What if you pulled the head on exactly. your, your own car? What's that? What if you pulled the heads off your own car? You probably wouldn't be allowed to. M- minor tune-up. What's a minor tune-up? I don't know. What is a minor tune-up? I'm going to put a new belt on. Minor surgery. Yeah, good point. What's minor surgery? Uh, Change of oil and filter. Okay. Uh, Repair of flat tires. (laughs) Lubrication. Or other similar operations. That's how they define that. Uh, You know what this is? This is a result of the big automotive repair lobby that You really think so? No. You think that... (laughs) No, I don't. Big auto repair. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so is minor vehicle repair permitted at residences? It goes down farther. Yes. However, it is unlawful for any person to engage in or permit others to engage. No one can come to your house to work on their car uh, or on your car because you wouldn't be able to. Now, that's insane. What if I've got a good friend that I want to come over and make do some work on my car? Then you wouldn't be able to. It's unlawful to have them. Come mm-hmm. over and work on my car. Mm-hmm. So then what you would... No, they could come over to your house to work on your car. No. how It is unlawful for any person to engage in or permit others to engage in... What? Minor vehicle repair or maintenance in any agricultural, agricultural, residential, residential, interim estate or interim residential zones under any of the following circumstances. So... Using tools not, you can't do it, the, the using tools not normally found, conducting on vehicles registered to persons not you. So I guess your vehicle would could work. Yes. Um, here are some, uh, let's see, this website is uh, jalopnik.com. Um, you know what here. I would do? I would. Uh, here, let's see, here we have some issues. Okay. Um, if, if you if I was an automobile repair place, um, and or at one time was an automobile repla- repair place and went on a business, I would uh, 
have my garage there and maybe people could have a membership to come and bring their vehicles and repair it themselves. You mean you'd my... have to, but you'd have to open a business. Yeah. You'd have to be a full-on business yeah, entity. Yeah, because it would be zoned in. It would be the okay. correct zoning. Okay. So uh, here we have some issues. Some exactly, uh, how exactly do you define a tool not for normally found in a residence? Uh, someone said a socket set, a torque wrench, a brake drum puller. Who has that? Is that normal? No. But a socket set or an impact. A torque wrench? Yeah. Uh, this feels that. like a rule that's dangerously open to interpretation. Well, of course they all are. Uh, number two is clearly there to prevent people from running off the books repair shops. That's fine. But what if you're working on a friend's car? You can't. And number three means you can't do anything unless you have an actual garage. And whatever you're doing, you better get it all wrapped up inside of one day, which, as most of us who've dealt with one stubborn, time-sucking, hard-to-reach bolt know, it's not always possible. Of course, major automotive repair, that is, anything not explicitly defined under minor automotive repair is not legal anywhere on your own property, even if it's if you're doing it in the sanctity of your own closed garage. Um, so you couldn't pull the engine out of your car here's, here's in a your thing. garage. Here's the thing. If you had the garage door closed, black out the windows, they would need a search warrant in order to come in, check it, unless you open it up and somebody was coming by and saw it. But if they look in there, so if you look and yeah, you, you see a... black it, off. No, no, but if you, someone rolls the door up and the enforcer, whoever it is, flies by and looks in there, can can, can a cop... At that point, in, but in, in, in the same... In, like like if, there's, if there's a violation, can a if, cop see it on private property and well, that removes... No, hold on, though. No, listen. And that removes... His need for a warrant to go onto that property? Absolutely. If you're driving by a place and you see somebody stabbing a guy or a dead body and blood pooling in a garage, does that mean that they have to get a search warrant before Ah, they go in? Ah, but there's a victim in that case. I mean, in in a victimless crime, can someone... So, um, an example would be you have too much garbage piled back in your property and you're not supposed to. So, can the cop walk onto your property or is that... But a violation. If it's a crime, there's no necessarily a, a distinction based upon what you think a victim is or isn't. If it's if it's a criminal act. Okay, w- would it matter if it's a statute? Um, no. It, is this semantics? Yeah, if, I think if, so. If you break a city code violation, is city that the code. same as a as a criminal? Oh, yeah, law breaking. Um, yeah. Well, it depends upon, this. like in Minnesota, you have a petty misdemeanor, which is a speeding ticket, mm-hmm. you know, a, lo- a lot of different things like that. That's not considered a crime. That's not a criminal. So you can be fined for it, but you can't do any time. Uh, unless you don't pay for it. Um, but then it's, then if you- But then it moves into something else. Is that the it, idea? Yeah. I mean, they might garnish your wages, but you're not going to do any hard time if you don't pay. Now- if, yeah, you're not going to do any, if you don't pay, they're, they're not going to do it. They'll garnish your wages or whatever. But, but I don't know how it is, you know, who knows what it's like out in California. <laughs> Literally. Hmm? Oh, so, oh, oh, so the neighbor has the, uh, the ring doorbell system. And then they're eyeballing you. Hey, hey, aren't those subject to, like, don't cops have authority to, like, 
request those? To, to request that the ring, those ring doorbell, it's got the video camera. So you, they can request it because they want to see what happened across the road, right? Yeah, I don't think you have to give that up at all. No. Hmm. Unless they... But it's, unless, it's, yeah, it's such a new you have to product. Get it, but you have to get it from the judge. Because it's in, it's in your possession, it's on your property. Well, but it's they up in the cloud take, also. So they can go to Ring. Or, yeah, I just hack into but it. But you need a warrant for that. Yeah, you do. To- <clears throat> no warrant needed? It's, oh, so it's because it's so new. It's such a new phenomena. But it's the same It's the same way with um, getting uh, phone records or things like that. You need a warrant for uh, that. Well, phone record is different because that is actual, like, protected communication, isn't it? Like in in the, it's similar to the way the post office is protected. Like that is it's felony to fart around with that. Isn't because telecom isn't that no. actually classified differently, and so you can't just wiretap someone and without on a whim. Well, the, um, no, I don't think that's. But the but see when you why. when you have a, a streaming wireless video technology that's going out there, I, that that doesn't fall under the same purview as a, as a phone system. There's no way that they're just going to hand that over to a cop. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm totally serious. <laughs> there is no way they're going to, if a cop comes... Uh, do you live in this country right now? So you're telling me that a cop, all he has to do is go down to wherever uh, it's streaming and going, hey, I need that and I need it right now, and they're just going to hand it to him. It's, it's probably more likely than you think. No, absolutely not. I guarantee yeah. you it wouldn't. No, I, be, I bet money not. it's deep in the EULA you sign when you say, yep, I want to hook this ring doorbell There's no up. way. No yes. way. Oh, yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> no. Who knows what's going behind the scenes with the FBI and having a FISA warrant and all the rest of it. But there's no possible way that a cop on the street is going to be able to get that information by just calling them up and they're going to send it over. Not a chance. So number five, why is code enforcement concerned about residential automotive repair? Uh, They quote, the chemicals involved in major Ah. automobile repair can pollute our neighborhoods and endanger the health and well-being of our residents. Furthermore, this kind of activity increases vehicle traffic and the visual impact can negatively impact property values. It seems like codes governing the safe handling of chemicals and materials can be enforced without making all auto repair illegal, and it's hardly like every repair involves harmful chemicals. In fact, the most common harmful chemical is likely used motor oil, and that's one of the permitted residential repairs. (laughs) Besides, lawn and garden care have plenty of very harmful chemicals associated with them. Weed killers, pesticides, poisons for all manner of animal and insects, and nobody's trying to outlaw home gardening yet i'm not even sure it's fair to say home repair increases vehicle traffic more than any say uh, a neighborhood barbecue would sure if your lawn is full of junk cars or you're running an illegal lube shop out of your backyard those are real issues but residents with project cars they work on there's no good reason that should be illegal for people with vintage or unusual cars they're often in no other op- there often is no other option other than to do at least some of your own repair The laws that make that illegal are effectively making vast amounts of entire car owning as an interest or hobby illegal. I have a question. Mm. I I want to hear your opinion. Um, 
They're using the pretext of the environment mm-hmm. not to do it. Do you think on a higher level, the people above the the brain dead people that make those things? I'm nodding already. Are, are doing it to desensitize people to these sort of things so that they can uh, come down the line with even more draconian things from the government and people go, well, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to do that before, so why do I need a car now? I can't work on it. But, I mean, like, um, well, before I could uh, I could do what, it, you know, I, I could do whatever I want. Are they Are they making people desensitized to the government having their say in their life. It has to be that. It really does. Like, there has to be some underlying... Now, of course, they'll say up front, and it more than likely came out of, oh, we can't lose that on that tax revenue. We, we can't have people unsafely working on cars for other people, and we're not getting our money. And, of course, they never say that, but they say, we don't want people to get hurt. We want to help regulate that. I mean, California, I, the box that one of the pistols I owned comes in has a big sticker on the outside, illegal in California. Most, most stuff under, stuff, you like that? Most items <laughs> underneath your kitchen counter will say somewhere that this has been known in California to cause cancer. Yeah. So they, they're insane. They should be. We should annex them to their own country. Well, hopefully there will be a big earthquake. I didn't and say then it. And we can, uh, then God will annex I it. I didn't from- say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that it'll just be a, a split. Nobody gets hurt. It's amicable divorce, you know. Oh. You go your way, you keep your stuff. That's right. We'll keep our stuff, you know. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll work out fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man well it's fun to have you back in studio <laughs> yeah it's been uh it's been too long a few days too long <laughs> when was the last time march something? you don't want to know march now the sad part is it was episode 80 this wow. is 80 this is 82 so we <laughs> oh wow because wow. you've been gone i've been uh out you've been cheating on me i have <laughs> Gotta do something. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I get it. DavidAllenShow.com. Any last thoughts before we kind of wrap this thing up? Uh, oh, something no one else knows on what, the show. What? You're pregnant? Uh, you're gonna be a grandpa. No, wait, no, <laughs> hey! <laughs> no, your your kid's gonna get hitched, yeah? Yeah, That's hopefully exciting. I'll but be a grandparent. Did we just here jinx soon? it? Uh, well, I did not soon enough. Yeah. I mean, not not that soon. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean uh, hmm. I was going to say something. I'm not going to. Good, 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 good. Thank you. That's all right. Yep. <laughs> we, pre- we-, <laughs> we don't want to cause you pain later. Yep. Yep. David Allen Show at gmail.com. Peanut Gallery, I know you can't be heard, but thanks. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Why what? would you say that? That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's do this again, obviously. Yes, So obviously. your your work uh, schedule has changed recently. Yes. A little bit, yeah? Yes. So uh, we may be able to get a more consistent schedule down. Uh, potentially, I'll tell you more of what's going on. Perfect. 
Awesome. Yeah. You don't have to reveal it right now live on the air. Yeah, Sorry. no, I won't. Thank you, though. <laughs> you bet. <clears throat> if you have any th- thoughts or comments, you want to send us your thoughts and prayers, or just send us some money. Money. You can <laughs> always do that. Yeah, money. David Allen Show at, g- at gmail.com. Uh, send us the information and uh, <laughs> send us all your money. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. I'd like to hear from you. Is there anything we should change? No, don't say that. That's all right. If you like the show, tell someone about it. DavidAllenShow.com. Toodles. Ta-ta.